Welcome to the Women Winning at Weight Loss podcast. Have you found yourself trapped on the weight loss journey, losing and regaining the same 20 pounds? Are you tired of starving yourself, eating less calories than your toddler, and making the gym your second home is just not an option? Then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Anna J. Fit, weight loss and mental fitness coach, and in this podcast, I'll teach you exactly what to do to lose the weight sustainably and never gain it back. Let's dive in. All right. What's going on, my beautiful listeners? Back to another episode of the Women Winning at Weight Loss, where it's all about empowering the ladies, supporting y'all on this beautiful fitness, health, and wellness journey. And today, I'm really excited about this particular episode. By the way, if you're catching us, if you're watching us live, the live stream is, is up on Facebook. So definitely drop us some love in the comments below. Let us know that you're tuning in, you're watching, you're live, or if you're even catching the replay, like I love to know who's supporting, who's getting some of these values and nuggets and all that good stuff. So it's always nice to know who is here, who is supporting, who's listening. So definitely let us know. So today I'm very excited about this particular episode because I brought on a guest and her name is Kirsten. And we connected sometime a year ago, something like that. Sometime last year, I believe, right? Definitely last year. Last year. All right. So it was a 2022 connection. And we've kept in touch and, you know, became friends on social media. And I've been watching kind of like her stories and the stuff she puts out. And she's very inspirational and motivational on, especially on her Instagram page. And so we had a conversation about a year ago about the journey to finding inner peace, the, the spiritual, the spiritual concept, all of that. And also in the same context, m- m- mixed in with fitness and with weight loss and that whole wellness journey. So I just thought it would be really great for me to bring her on number one, so that you can hear her story and what led her to founding the inner success movement. That's number one, because there's a story behind that. And I want all of you to be able to hear that. But also she has her own weight loss success story. And she's very much, we're very much on the same page when it comes to the body, mind, soul, the connection to a higher self and all these things, especially how the weight loss and the fitness helps us to connect deeper to finding that inner peace. So this is going to be an amazing discussion. It is. And And before we dive into that, and before I let Kirsten take over, the devil tried to stop us. <laughs> let me tell you. Yes. <laughs> I, I almost gave up. So before we, we, we turned this on, before we started recording, it took a solid 15, I want to say at least 15 minutes. Yeah, 15 My minutes. mic was working all day. I recorded a ton of videos. I did everything I was supposed to do just like a normal, regular day. I record podcast episodes all the time. I go live all the time and the mic works fine. But today, as soon as Kirsten came on here, the mic wasn't working anymore. So it took 15, 20 minutes to fight around with the mic. And I was so close to saying, mm, we're just going to have to reschedule. But then I was like, no, I feel like the devil is trying to stop us because there's some powerful messages that are about to come out. And somehow I feel like something's trying to block it. Mm-hmm. We're not going to allow it to block it. So, mm-hmm. That's right. So here we are, Kirsten, thank you so much for being here and for being willing to show up, to take some time out of your busy day 
and spread some of this knowledge and tell us a little bit about your story. So without further ado, here's Kirsten, and she's going to talk to us about what led her to founding the Inner Success Movement. Yes. Hi, Anna. Thank you so much for having me. It is such a blessing to be here in every single way. So I'm very, very thankful for being on your platform. I love all the amazing things you do and I just love watching you win, girl. So thank you. Yes, I'm grateful to be here. But so a little bit more about how I started the Inner Success Movement. So the Inner Success Movement, we are a community that is dedicated to the journey to inner peace. And we do that by hosting virtual and live events around that cause, as well as selling faith-based merchandise. And, you know, to be honest, I started the Inner Success Movement in 2020. It started with our, well, let me back up a little bit more. I had this goal to be a like self-care influencer and just share more about my story and my journey to inner peace and how that kind of started for me. And to even take you back to what that looks like, in 2017, my mom passed away. And it was at my bottom where I realized, wow, like, you know, that's when I started to be, like, very intentional about, like, my peace and protecting it. My mom passed away at a time where I was starting a corporate job. I had just moved to the D.C. area where I live currently. And it was just so much going on at one time where it was just like, I need to find I need to find my center. I need to find the peace within me because if not, I'm going, I'm just going to unfold. And I'm no. myself, wow, like, why do I have to be at my bottom to learn how to prioritize peace for myself? Right. And so that kind of started like my journey to being very intentional with my peace and just growing in that and just manifesting that in my life. And then in 2020, I had a goal to reach community and I made this goal right after the pandemic hit to host a virtual retreat around the journey to inner peace. It was called the inner peace retreat and Mm -hmm. it was held virtual on, on zoom. It was three days. I was so nervous about it. Y'all. I literally like the first session was on like a Monday. I probably put the flyer out on Sunday just because I was like so nervous. I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) like, you know, I want people to come, but like, if nobody shows up, that's fine too, because like, (laughs) I'm so nervous to talk about like my personal journey and different things like that. But the retreat, we had over 75 people show up with those, those virtual retreat, those virtual events in three days. And I talked about grief and healing. I talked about self-talk, how you talk to yourself. And then I also talked about priceless peace and I related it to the workplace and how you have to be, you know, how priceless your piece is and there's no value on it. And that's how we kind of got our start. A few months later, I began the inner success movement. We started with an online store on Shopify and we continue to have virtual events over the last couple of years, leading to our inner peace retreat being in person for the first time last year. Mm. Um, and then also it's coming up this year in September. I actually have one, our retreat shirt this year. It says our theme this year is spirit, mind, and body. So it's very in line with what we're talking about today. Um, but we're definitely talking about those individual journeys and also how they relate. So yes. Putting special emphasis on spirit because I think it's one of those things where people talk about mind, body, and soul or mind, body, and spirit, and they always put it last, right? Yes. It's not the biggest part or yes. the biggest part. So we're 
we're bringing it to the forefront. We're bringing it first. We're putting in brackets. We're putting an emphasis on it, but also talking about how they all relate to one another. So yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> I love that. I, I might have to take a trip to DC in September because Please. yeah, that sounds Please. like, I mean, this is obviously very much so up my alley. So, and obviously I would love to support too, because I love what you're doing. I want to go back to how with the loss of your mom, right? Yes, you yes. hit rock bottom. Yeah. By the way, if you saw me like look down, it's because I take notes. <laughs> I'm a Virgo. <laughs> it's like, I hear something. I'm like, well, I don't know if you remember, but on the call that where we met, I think it was last fall. I also was looking down. Yeah, I remember. I also taking notes. I remember. Oh, y'all, that's right. I forgot. How did, could I forget? So y'all, we connected initially on a Zoom call a, about a year ago. And one of our, one of a, fr- a friend that we have in common, I have been mentoring him with growing his business because, you know, saw me as a mentor and was like, oh my God, you got all these things figured out. Teach me. And so we connected, Trey and I, and we spent many, many hours on Zoom calls and, and talking about entrepreneurship and how to move the needle in his business and things like that. And so we started doing Zoom calls for those who don't know, but we started do, doing Zoom calls with other entrepreneurs who are in more, maybe like more starter phases who are trying to see growth or how do I grow communities more, things like that. Certain things that I have really done a great job at so far. Now, I'm not a master by any means. But okay, (laughs) thank you. There are different levels in this game, right? Mm -hmm. There are different levels in this game. And there was a point in my life where I was at step one, square one in entrepreneurship. And I've obviously grown a lot and I've come very, you know, I'm I'm far ahead in, in the game, but I'm always trying to make sure that I'm giving back and I'm giving back and I'm giving back to those that I see are super passionate and they're out here making a difference, but there's some growth that they're wanting to manifest. And so I'm like, hey, any way I can help you, I got you. And that's what happened. So we all connected on that Zoom call. And I remember I was talking about building the Facebook groups and stuff like that. And Kirsten was over there just like writing books, writing books. I was like, well, okay, well, I can just keep talking because someone's getting value. I remember that. So it's interesting because here we are and she's talking and I'm taking notes. I want to make sure I don't forget anything. But so one of the things that really hit me hard is you, the story of you losing your mom and the intense grief, the pain and the suffering, obviously, and you were hitting rock bottom, which we can all understand, right? The loss of a loved one, especially when it's your mom. Absolutely. And it sounds like for you, it's coming out of that. You're healing, you're grieving, right? That's the journey that for you triggered, oh my gosh, like finding inner peace, right? That is the game changer. It's like hitting rock bottom, but then coming back, growing, blossoming, flourishing, living, right? When you've experienced such a devastating loss, it's about finding that inner peace. The reason why I want to point that out is because I've realized that all of us that go into entrepreneurship have experienced a significant trigger. There is Mm -hmm. something that happened to us. There's something in our history that reverts back or that explains why we're so passionate about a very specific topic, right? So I like I could relate so much because you can pinpoint something that happened to you in your life mm-hmm. and it's how you coped and how you grew and how you blossomed and flourished and healed from that event, right? That led to 
I'm going to do something with this pain. I'm going to do something with this journey to finding my own inner peace. And it's a journey of resilience, Mm -hmm. right? What's interesting is that we go through this pain and suffering and these things that have the potential to really destroy us, right? They do. They yeah. really do. And some of us come out yeah. of that. We come out of this and then we turn around and we're like, I got to teach somebody. Yeah. I got to teach somebody how, mm-hmm. how to overcome this. Because if this, this loss did this to me, how many other people are out there experiencing losses like these and going through the same thing, hitting rock bottom too, but maybe not knowing or not seeing the path to inner peace or not even understanding that, hey, the way that you thrive after this is the journey to a higher level of inner peace. Absolutely. So that and is so powerful. That is so powerful. Yeah. Um, and I recognize it because when people ask me, where does your passion come from? Like you just, and as soon as I start telling my story, they're like, oh, I get it. I get it, right? So it's, a st- it's always the story of resilience. Is what broke you? What broke you, right? Because my, my depression, my depression that led to, to suicidal ideation, anxiety, the being bedridden for so long and just not wanting to live anymore, right? And the negative internal dialogue, the gloom and doom, mm-hmm. ultimately it broke me completely, like shattered me. And then mm-hmm. I was left with, I either commit suicide Well, I make the commitment and I make the promise to God that I will sit here and do the work to put the pieces back together and rebuild Anna. And along that journey of healing and growth and rebuilding, I realized that it was never about going back to being Anna. It was always about building Anna 2.0. I always told people that it's Anna 2.0. And then Anna 2.0 turned around and was like, how many other women are going through these types of like soul, like it literally, like it, it just, it just breaks your soul. It's that soul level deep pain that you can't explain. So anyways, it's a story of resilience. And thank you so much for, you know, staying with us because that is a blessing within itself to have you here, you know? Yeah. Thanks. And, you know, so my mom, she actually, she loved devotional books, but this one was her absolute favorite. Jesus Calling by Sarah Young. And there was a particular day in that book where I was reading and different things like that after she passed. And I remember so clearly the beginning of pages that understanding will not give you peace. And I think it was like a light bulb went off. It was like, I kept, remember at that time, I think I was praying to God, like, I just want to get over this. I just want to get through this. I just want to get past this feeling. I just want to get past this grief, past this pain, you know, that I'm feeling of my mom not being here. Cause my mom was my best friend, yo. Like, you know, my friends always made jokes about how me and my mom talked on the phone about 511 times a day. But <laughs> when we get together, we fuss all the time, child. But when I'm away at school or when I was away in my apartment and she's in South Carolina and I'm in DC or however, let me tell you, we talked 50 times a day. Okay. That's my best friend. That was yeah. my, you know, my rock, my everything. So like, you know, not having her presence in my life, of course, like trying to get gain understanding and realizing that I was whying God to death, right? Like I could, mm. I could sit here and ask God why all day long, but that understanding is not going to give me the peace that my heart needed. And so really like kind of understand, trying to get back to, and one thing that I love about peace, right? Is that it's something that we already possess. It's yeah. a fruit of the spirit. It's something that's already within us, right? 
we just have to tap into it. We have to discover it. We have to actualize it. We just have to bring it up to the forefront. And a lot of these things that God is placing us in these tools, he's placing us when these times come, it's just a matter of just like leaning into them, right? They're already, they're already there. And that's part of, you know, what our mission is at the inner success movement is for people to develop their own relationship with God. We're not telling you how to do it. We're not giving you a template, but just kind of just giving a community of folks that are also on that journey too. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then just having a starting place of like, what does inner peace mean to you? Right. Yep. Just starting with that and let's grow on that and let's continue to build on that. And like, what does that look like in your life? And how do you invite that into your life in many different ways? Right. Yep. How do you stop hustle and bustle and just slow down, meditate, pray? <laughs> we get our language all the way. Yeah. Yeah. And and find God in these spaces because this world is going to, you know, always be crazy. Right. Right. How do you find these moments? Right. And, you know, for me, I think I hit that turning point from 2017 to 2020 where I was ready to share that, at least what I thought I knew with the world at that time. Right. And, you know, that's just kind of amazing to see how we've grown over time. I I even kick myself sometimes because in 2020, like I said, it started out just being an influencer. It started out with just selling, you know, T-shirts and that say cool things like inner peace, the real success and different things like that. And now we have hosted over 50 plus events. We have, you know, we we built a community over the past few years. We continue to grow. We were a part of Black Ambition Accelerator last year. And we just continue just to grow and thrive and, you know, as God has given me, you know, vision and purpose, it's just, it's amazing to see how we grow over time. So I'm just really, really thankful for this journey because it just, when you're walking in your purpose and you're walking where God is calling you to be, it's like, it's not even really like you have to think too hard. Things will unfold as it flows. It flows effortlessly. Absolutely. I, I, I love that you said that. I've experienced that too. And coming from corporate America and a lifestyle that I lived where I was very much controlling everything in a sense, right? Or at least had the illusion of I'm controlling everything. I plan everything out. Everything goes by a date and everything very structured in that sense. And also I'm a Virgo, which doesn't help because Virgos are the most anal zodiac sign there is. It's like, hello, we need organization, structure, chaos. What's that? I'm out. And right. And so that's also a thing with entrepreneurship. It's, it's a huge journey for me also to understand that the more I allow, the more I'm on, you know, receptive to whatever it is that God wants me to do on this journey. But for me, so back to like get, going back within and embarking on this journey and going back to your relationship with spirit, right. And finding that inner, inner peace. So I think that a lot of these events also happen to us as opportunities in a sense, right? To embark on those journey, those journeys that we otherwise may not have embarked on at all. And mm-hmm. so that ends up like driving, right? Your entire path after that, just like what you're describing with the growth and the impact. It's just happening naturally and effortlessly because you're doing God's work, right? But that had to come from your own experience and your own healing and you finding that resilience. What what you said in here that really is going to resonate with my listeners and the people that are live and the women out here who are on the weight loss and, and, and health and fitness empowerment journeys 
And what I see in a lot of my clients as well, which is why I do more mindset coaching than I do actual nutrition or fitness coaching, because that drives the entire journey, yeah. is yeah. a lot of times the resilient the resilience not being there. And mm-hmm. and you I'm sure you can attest to that as well. But it's like, okay, so something happens to me, you know, I'm 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 separate, I like I'm married and all of a sudden we're having all these marital problems and then now it ends up in separation. So then mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I was on track. I was watching what I was eating. I was consistently in the gym. I was meditating, managing my stress. I was pouring back into my own cup. Then oh my God. I, lo- I lost a job or I started a new job or, 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 you know, financially all of a sudden I got a major stressor or it's these things that are called life, by the way, mm-hmm. that shit's going to happen. And what I see so much is I was doing really great and then shit happened. And then I just gained the 50 pounds back mm-hmm. and then I totally gave up on myself. Then I ended up pre-diabetic and now here I am six years later and now I want to re-embark on this journey. And what's one of the things that I teach my clients over and over again is the balance between compassion and you got shit to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Because life hits us all the time. It does. All the time. It does. All the time. One thing that's guaranteed in life is that it's going to have ups and downs. There is no. Correct. Yes. There is. And so I've learned over time that the more you spend that time going within, the more it allows you to build up your resilience. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a thermometer, right? Like you, you, you're building it up, you're building it up, you're building it up so that the next time that shit happens, you may be affected for mm-hmm. sure. You may be sad, you may be angry, you may be depressed, right? You have these emotions that you have to process and deal with. And that's the part of compassion and embracing and acknowledging. But the other part of it is I built up my resilience and my tolerance so much that it's not going to derail me from the things that I know I have to do every single day to pour back into my cup, because that is literally, you know, what keeps me healthy, what keeps me sane, what keeps me right. And that's something that I work on with my clients so much. And so obviously we're on the same page when you start talking about journaling and meditating and whatever prayer looks like, this is a very general term, but whatever prayer looks like for people very individually, I believe that our faith, and our relationship with spirit, all of that is super intimate. There is no one way to do it. Absolutely. I am not a, a religious person in that sense, in terms of I'm not in a category. I'm not in a box. I don't attribute to whatever denominations. Like, I don't know. I'm outside of that, right? God is where you are. So that's all that matters. Right. Mm-hmm. I believe that very much so. And so that is like a lot of what I teach my clients is to spend, and you, you, you said it, but I forgot how you worded it. It's like we get caught up in the day-to-day stress, yeah. all this stuff that's happening on the outside. And a lot of times we're taking it in as if it's our own and it's not. It's mm-hmm. other people's stress, other people's anxiety, other people's bad moods, other people's attitudes, the traffic, you know, like it's all these things. We're taking it all in on top of our own things that we have going on every single day. And it's rushing from one task to the next. We're not, we're not sitting. We're not present. Mm-hmm. We're not breathing right? We're not going within. So what are some, some practices? Do you have some kind of morning routine? Do you have a daytime routine? Like how, what does that look like in your life? Yeah, absolutely. I love this question. And I want to talk about how I got to my current morning routine because Mm. when you hear it, you know, you're going to be like, oh my goodness, she wakes up at 4.30 and does what? 
you know, but I want to, I want to talk about how I got there. Right. So in, in 2021, I, I left my first corporate job. So for lack of better words, my first big girl job. Um, mm-hmm. And I left my job because for a lot of different reasons, but I wasn't supported in my workplace. I didn't feel supported in my workplace. And to be honest, it just wasn't a very good work environment for me. So I left without having another job mm-hmm. I, and I left on a whim and I went four months without had, well, within job searching and looking for another role. And during that time, I was really depressed. I was really stressed. The work environment in which I left was super stressful. I mean, sometimes I would be up on work calls at 5.30 in the morning or talking to people at 5.30 in the morning and can go late into the night, the weekends. It was very much so a very, a very hectic work environment, right? And, you know, leaving that and then going to a place where you don't know what's next and you know, people say, oh, the job market's great. Everybody's hiring. But when you get out there, you're like, ooh, where's the everybody's hiring, you know? Yeah. And during that time, there, there there are a few different things that happened during that time. Highlight three. But a few things happened during that time. One, I got confirmation that full-time entrepreneurship was my purpose. And the inner success movement was very much so tied to my purpose. Because I think for me, prior to that, with my businesses, I think, and I also had another business as well home decor company. I think that my, I always thought like, okay, like, you know, my businesses are my businesses, but like, you know, maybe I'll continue to grow them, but I'll hold on to my job. But no, like that's when I got confirmation that full-time entrepreneurship is really the, the time, the only time where I feel like I'm in purpose from sunup to sundown, mm-hmm. that everything I'm doing is tied to purpose, you know? And then two, also during that time, I had a terrible, terrible sleep pattern. So I started with just let me implement a good sleeping pattern. I'm not working right now, right? I my days are all on my own. So I, I just started with getting to bed at 11, waking up at seven. And I was very unapologetic about it. I mean, it was the middle of the summer and people were probably like, why is Kirsten going to bed at 11 o'clock? But I'm like, I need my eight hours of sleep. I'm just trying to get on a good sleeping pattern. A lot of times I would have two hours of sleep, four hours of sleep and, and try to function a full work day on coffee and, and eating chips and all types of junk food and all types of stuff. And it just was not feeding a healthy lifestyle for me. So yeah, a, a nighttime routine. I got in bed at a good time, a sleep pattern. And then also the biggest thing that happened during that time was I restarted my fitness journey. And, yeah. and you know, it's crazy. You talk about how people, you know, they get on, they fall off, they get on, they fall off, but you want to know something crazy. I'm going to talk about this, but I'll probably elaborate more on it later. But the first time I started my fitness journey was my mom actually got me a trainer when I was in eighth grade. I was about 165 pounds in eighth grade and, you know, diabetes, high blood pressure runs really heavily on my mom's side of the family. It's almost like a hundred percent chance on her side of the family and my dad's side of the family, not so much, but her inside of the family, it's very heavily hereditary. And so she wanted to change those habits so in, around in our household and for me. So she took mm-hmm. me to a trainer and I lost 40 pounds in like three months when mm-hmm. I'm working with this trainer. And so I maintained that weight loss all throughout high school and even until college, but you know, college and ice cream and all these different things, right? So, but. <laughs> And I think it fluctuated, right? But I always, you know, work out here and there, lose weight, 
gain it back, lose the weight, gain it that back. Kind of, you yeah. know, yeah, get on and off with it, right? And then I hit a point where I was the heaviest I'd ever been. I was over 200 pounds, um, I think around 210 when I restarted again. And I just, you know, for me, and I told y'all, this is 2021 now. I mean, from 2017 to 2021, we're already talking about, I've spent so much time focusing on my internal journey, right? My inner peace, my inner work. And so I looked at myself in the mirror and I just did not love who I saw, right? Mm. And I said, wow, I said, you spend so much time working your inside work, your insides need to match your outside. Oh my gosh. Yes. So like, you know, what are we going to do about it? You don't like it? You, you're going to sit here and let's let's change it, right? And this is just some dialogue I'm having with myself, right? And so I made a personal promise to myself to work out seven days a week for 90 days. And, the, and that sounds intense, right? Because people are like, oh my, and I heard so many things. You shouldn't work out seven days a week. Oh my goodness, in 90 days, that's a long time to work out every single day. Your body's going to get exhausted. Let me tell you something. My body was fine. <laughs> and the reason why I did seven days was because I knew that if I went to the gym three days a week, those other four days, they, they derailed me. I knew mm-hmm. that if I went four, like if I took one day off in that week, I might not make it back for the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. I was like, let me. You were trying to, you were trying to come up with a system that would guarantee that you're going to be consistent long enough until it's like, okay, it's a lifestyle. And it takes 90 days to form a habit. Yeah, which is why when my clients come to me, usually we always start off with a 90-day program because I always mm-hmm. tell them this. I want to make sure that what I teach you, what we implement together, what we work on sets you up for the path of sustainability. Because if it's a detox cleanse, it's a diet you can't live by, it's all this other bullshit, mm-hmm. then we're wasting money, time, energy, and it's affecting your mental health negatively over time because then we start to convince ourselves, kind of like the cycle you kept it's describing this yo-yo on and off, on and off, on and off. A lot of women start to get to the point where they start convincing themselves that they are the problem. Yeah. Something is wrong with me. I can't look at the I'm always words. made this way. I've I will always been this way. That that's that's the one. That's absolutely one so we wanna we want to avoid those patterns and those cycles by ultimately getting to the point where we're recognizing that the problem is not me. The problem is the approaches that I've been utilizing, they were never rooted and founded in sustainability. And for a lot of people, seven days a week in the gym would not be sustainable or maybe not in that particular phase of their lives. Like for me, seven days a week in the gym was sustainable years ago. It's no longer sustainable. But I always tell people, you know, it's whatever is going to be okay for you to do. And for you, it worked. It led you on that path after those nine days. And even, and this is the perfect timing too, because my my two-year fitversary. Yeah, we're going to talk about that too. And yeah, and I launched a 90-day challenge. But even as I launched the 90-day challenge, I'm even telling the people that are into this challenge, I don't expect you to be in the gym seven days a week. I'm not in the gym seven days a week. And even back then, I was not in the gym seven days a week. I had about four to five days, no, five days a week that I was in the gym. But on those other days, I'm doing yoga. You're doing something. Yeah, active recovery. And yeah, yeah. an active recovery. And Absolutely. even when I'm in the gym, I'm doing active recovery at least one of those days. Like it's, yeah. I have a good balance in between right. um, things. And also, you know, during that time too, I discovered new things. I would go and I play tennis for 30 minutes. But the goal was to 
intentionally move my body. Exactly. Right. It right, even, right. I didn't even really have a solid work. Like the workout plan I have now is not even compared to what I had back then. I just right. wanted to move my body. If it meant I got up and I walked the dog for 30 minutes, that was something rather than sitting on the couch. Right. And sitting and moping and not having a job or, you know, different things like that. I wanted to intentionally move my body mm-hmm. and it wasn't even about weight loss or goal or different things like that. It was merely about just intentionally moving my body. Yeah. And so those are three things that happened during that time. And then I also wanted to touch on, you know, your question around my morning routine now. Right. So it, it plays a lot to like that time that where, how my morning routine is now. So now I'm I'm very unapologetic about my morning routine. I do not play about it. I, I love that girl. It's me. It's my me time. So it's 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 as a, you should one of the best parts of my day, right? Um, but I wake up around between four thirty and four forty five. I meditate and I sit in meditation for about fifteen to twenty minutes. Sometimes it's time. Sometimes it just flows. And then I I pray. I read my devotional and my Bible, and then. I'll get up, I get dressed, I go to the gym, I work up for about an hour, hour and 15 on my longer days. And then I kind of ease into my day. I eat breakfast, I get ready for work. I work, I still, ha- I currently have a nine to five. So I, I work my corporate job and then kind of flow into my business and everything else in the afternoon. But my morning routine, I mean, it, it does not deviate. It really doesn't. And you know, some people are always like, well, you know, what if you miss the gym? I'm like, no, Mm-mm. it's because even the gym is still my me time with me of and it's God. still my time with God. Like, it's just yeah. like it, it's all yeah. my time. And if I feel like something's going to distract me, I put my phone on do not disturb in a minute. I sure yeah. will. <laughs> because yeah. it's just it's it's my time yes. and my day. It feels it, it starts off with that center where I'm able to kind of flow into it and just making sure that I've spent time with God, I've spent time with me. And now everybody else can get a, you know, a piece of it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I love that. So the big theme here is boundaries. Yes, boundaries. So for the women who are on a weight loss journey, fitness journey, who have goals that they're trying to crush, right? And my clients, they hear me talk a lot about boundaries. Yes. We do not get to that next level version of ourselves without setting new boundaries and making sure that they're being well respected. So you listed a couple of boundaries. Nope. Guys, I'm going to sleep at 11 p.m. I don't care what you think about it. I don't care how y'all feel about it. I'm going to get up at 7 p.m. I mean, 11 p.m. because yeah, I'm going to get up at seven. I need my eight hours of sleep. And this is a non-negotiable. This is a favorite term of mine. Non-negotiable, mm-hmm. right? And then you're like, I'm going to be waking up or for, for a certain period of time, if we go back to how this all started, it's I'm going to be in the gym, non-negotiable, or I'm going to move my body for X amount of minutes, no matter what it looks like, no matter what I do, it is a non-negotiable and my boundaries are set and they're firm. You will not interrupt me. I will not be on the phone listening to whatever. It would be that time for me going within, doing what's good or what's best for my body. And at the same time, it helps me connect to God, right? Mm-hmm. And all of this is rooted in the power of boundaries, right? Yeah, and what I encounter with the women that I serve is the lack of boundaries. Mm. It's, it's, I'm not able to crush XYZ goal because truly I don't have boundaries. What does it look like? It looks like 
Well, when someone's calling me because they need help or they need to gossip or they need to cry or they need to do this, or they need, I answer because I'm Mother Teresa. I do it for everybody. Mm-hmm. This is like all the women I serve, like literally. Most of the women that I serve, I talk to, I coach, they're mothers. Mm-hmm. And when we become mothers, it's even harder because mm-hmm. then it's like that nurturing instinct kicks in a hundredfold. And now it's like, I breathe for my mm-hmm. children. I live for my children. Everything yeah. is for my children. It's like, no. Boundaries. Right. I did a whole podcast episode about how self-care is not selfish. It's selfless. Yeah. Because when we take better care of ourselves by setting those boundaries and we you can do it with love. I never tell people, no, go tell everybody to fuck themselves. And now it's all about you. No, it's even with my children. When I got heavily into the habit of meditating every single day, Mm -hmm. it was you guys need to respect when mommy goes in her closet, it's to meditate. Yeah. And you can't be in there. You can't interrupt me. This is very important time. I have to do this. And then they started to not only realize that, oh, she ain't playing, like she keeps doing this. Yeah. They started to witness that this is, no, she's back in her closet, right? Mm -hmm. So it became a thing. But why was that? Because I set very clear boundaries. I explained what, what I'm doing, why it's important, right? Mm-hmm. I stuck with it because I made it a non-negotiable habit in my life. And they started to just understand, respect, and learn a couple lessons from it, right? But I also had to get over the guilt. Oh, I'm taking away time from somebody else. Like did, I'm taking some of me away from their presence or whatever, right? However you want to put it. But I had to learn. When I come out of my closet, I'm a whole new woman. You are. So it's so And you're ready to serve those around you, especially your children. Exactly. So in your work or in my work as a coach, and I have a really large following on social media, mm-hmm. in order for me to show up as the best version of myself to serve all the people that follow me, right? And look up to me, I have to take better care of me and taking mm-hmm. better care of me relies on me setting boundaries and non-negotiables. People know you're not going to talk to me past like 8 p.m. I'm not going to be on my phone. I'm not partying during the week, not happening. And I started telling in my, in my friend circle circle, cause I had a vibrant social life at one point. Mm-hmm. And I started telling people, no, nah, can't do that because I got to be up at four. At four mm-hmm. For what? You won't even go to work. Like what you going to do at four? I need to meditate. Mm-hmm. Because when I wake up, the first thing I do is I meditate and then I journal. I'm not a workout in the morning type of person, which people always are find funny about me because they're like, but you're a whole personal trainer. Nope. I do not work out in the mornings. I refuse. I like evening workouts, but all, I, I, you, you cannot catch me. Right. Okay. Most people I think are like, you're crazy. If I don't do it first thing in the morning, it's never going to happen. And I'm like, I hate working out first thing in the morning. That is not my cup of tea. I do really well with evening workouts. I have more energy than in the mornings. And I always, and I always tell people, whatever's sustainable for you, that's what you got to go. What works for you, yeah. absolutely. But, and I love what you said too, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I love what you said too about, you know, the vocalizing with your kids about your time, with meditation as well. Because I think even as being a single woman, right? I, I often think about like, I'm so unapologetic about my life right now. Yeah. I hope that it can sustain or these principles can sustain when I am a wife, when I am a mother, right? And these different things as well. And even people ask me, and I know, you know, 
dogs are not kids, right? But even people ask me like, well, where's your dog when you're meditating? I'm like, the dog's sleeping in the crate, okay? King don't, I've been going to the gym and meditated and that all my life things by the time I woke King up. Like, he don't even know what's going on. Right, <laughs> like, right. And, and I do that on purpose. Like, I don't have him out while I'm meditating. I don't have him, you know, I don't, not trying to walk him when I'm supposed to be at the gym because that's still my time, you know? So, yeah, like, and, yeah. I, I, and I that's, a, that. that's a good point because, of course, the dynamics are different. Like, yeah. mom, not a mom, married, not married, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera. The dynamics yeah. become different and it comes with different challenges. But just like I teach my clients, you know, if you've been married, let's say for a long time and you've been a mom for a long time. And what I see with a lot of these women, it's they've put everybody else first for so long. They have had no healthy boundaries for so long that now they come to me so heavily burnt out. It's body, mind and spirit at that point. That's just checked out. Right. Now you got health issues you didn't have before. Yeah. What you said earlier hit really hard about, I looked in the mirror and I didn't love what I saw. Mm-hmm. I hear that every single day. Trigger mm-hmm. point. I looked in the mirror or I got to the point where I'm avoiding family pictures and yeah. I realized I don't like what I see. Oh, mm-hmm. now it's bad. Now it's out of hand. Now I done took this too far. I got to do something. These are the stories that I hear every single day of women coming to me. And one of the challenges once they're inside of my program and they're being coached by me is well, the people around them put up a little bit of resistance Mm -hmm. because what happens, your 17-year-old and your 15-year-old kids who are being catered and babied 24-7 because you were at their beck and call all the time or the spouse that is so accustomed to you bringing yourself into the ground because you love everyone so much, they have greatly, in a sense, benefited from the lack of boundaries and so now here you are at 43 and you're trying to take back control, right? Or 52, whatever. You're trying to take back control and you're trying to say enough, no more of this. Now I'm pouring back into my own cup and everybody's just going to have to respect this. Regardless of how much people love us, there, ha- there is that point of resistance. And mm-hmm. it's not because the people don't love you. It's because the people don't understand what the hell is going on and yeah. they don't really like it. But what I've noticed with my clients, and I always, you know, encourage them to continue with the boundaries, continue, be firm with mm-hmm. your boundaries, step, like it's stepping into your power and your truth because you're no longer accepting to live like that. But let the people around you know why you're doing this and why this is so important to you. So back to what you said, for example, oh my God, I've been yo-yoing with my weight for so long. Now I've gotten to the point where I am literally at my heaviest. I look in the mirror and I really don't like what I see. Those are conversations, you know, and maybe you didn't have to have that conversation, but for a lot of people, it's okay. Now I'm getting really serious about making these changes in my life, but I do have a lot of other people and dynamics that are around me. It calls for conversations with others. It's, I didn't realize that I let myself go so much. I didn't realize that the last 10 years of me burning myself out would get me to the point where I look in the mirror and I don't recognize me. Right. Things like that. So I think that's really powerful. But back to the fact that you said, you know, like you're single and you don't have children. Here's what I think. When these are our non-negotiables and these are our boundaries and this is how we live. Guess Mm -hmm. what? That shit does not go away for other people that come in after. Mm -hmm. With my daughter, first child, I gained 65 pounds. That's how I embarked on my weight loss journey. 
because mm-hmm. all of a sudden I had all these weight issues, confidence issues, health issues, couldn't wear nothing I wanted to wear, certainly didn't like what I saw. Mm-hmm. And it was just horrific. And I was at my heaviest ever. That was my first child. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know, right? And I also was not super healthy, super into fitness, super you know, conscious of those things prior to having her. Right. Second child was now seven. I'm now 10 years in, I'm now years into this. When my second child, it was, hello, God, didn't expect this one, but okay, we're going to make it work. So here's what we're going to do, little boy. Like literally I would talk to him and I'd be like, you're just going to be, today we're going to do Zumba. Have fun. <laughs> so I'm, I told my OBGYN from the jump, this is how I live my life. Mm-hmm. I need to meditate. I'm going to eat my greens. Don't expect me to go eat McDonald's and other, other shit. I'm not doing that. Right. I will be working out every single day because I'm a personal trainer. This is my life. Mm-hmm. I have mental health issues. I will not get back on antidepressants or anti-anxiety meds during this pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I will be walking. I will be lifting weights. I will be doing Zumba. I will be doing the things that I know are going to continue to keep me healthy and sane. You good yeah. with that or what? And so <laughs> this, I, he was so over me, but he was like, the entire pregnancy, he was like, Ms. Jackson, I mean, I mean, do you? Obviously it's working. Like you're fine. And he was like, you know what? I mean, you're so firm about how you want to live your life during this pregnancy. There's nothing I really can say. He was mm-hmm. like, but I will tell you from, a, you know, as your physician, if there's any indication of a problem, then it will be different. He was like, but everything's great. Keep doing what you do. I taught all my fitness classes until 40 weeks. I was lifting weights. Yeah, I was doing squats with the bar and everything. Six hours before I went into labor. I gained zero pounds my entire pregnancy. Yeah, he was literally getting on me about that too. And he was like, eat a burger or something. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) And I gained zero pounds and I delivered that child in three hours. No lie. Pushed one time he was out. I walked out the hospital the next day, like nothing ever happened. And my body was like the same. I went back to teaching two weeks later. And so I tell that story to people because it's the prime example of I was firm at that point in how I'm living my life, what I am prioritizing, what are my non-negotiables and these are my boundaries. So I get pregnant. Okay, buddy. Another child is coming into this family dynamic, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to change the things that now have become fundamentals. So I've been divorced and I've been single for a long time. If at some point, right, there is a man in the picture again and I get remarried, guess what? It's only going to make sense based on the woman that I've become that this person supports the healthy, the fitness lifestyle and understands, okay, these are like five, six core things about this chick that she's not going to give up. I'm going to be meditating. If you have a problem with meditation, we're probably not a good match. So what I'm trying to say here is you are very firm and you're rooted into the things that have helped you heal, that that you're teaching others in the foundation of your own movement. So don't worry because whatever dynamic changes you're going to experience, whether you move to another state, right? Whether you end up in a happy relationship, you get married, whether you have kids, whether you have five more dogs, okay? The moral is, (laughs) and I love it. Like, I love it. I wish I could give you a hug. But (laughs) like you, you found what works for you and you said, everybody can kiss my ass because this is what I'm going to be doing. And then I'm going to turn around. I'm going to go teach it to everybody else too who wants to hear it. Anybody want to hear it? Hey, listen. Anybody who listen. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I had to 
I had to make sure I got that. I, I got that part out because I'm like, yes, there's one more thing that I, that you said that I really want to go back to Okay, is, okay. So now I've done all this work on myself, all this inner work. Uh, I dedicate myself all this time to doing the really hard, painful internal stuff, probably mm-hmm. Working on wounds and digging up trauma and all that stuff, right? Uh, all the things. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and it is like your journey to inner peace and connecting, connecting closer to God. Mm-hmm. And then you, on the outside, you were like, "Oh, wait a second, that here is truly not matching what all I've been doing in here." Tell me about that. That's powerful. You know, I'm making joke about it with my friends. I'm like. We can't be out here mixed match. We got to work on these insides just as hard as we work on these outsides and vice versa. Okay. Can't be out here mixed match. Okay. No, but no, but seriously, I think that, you know, and, you know, I can't speak to everyone and how their journey can go sometimes. I think sometimes people naturally work on the, the physical and stuff like that. But I think for me, you know, just like I said, I kind of, I, I've worked on that person and not that I was like that was an ending point. Like I was continuing to work on yeah. that person and continuing because I told you I was depressed also while this was happening too. So I was still working on those insides, but like, it's like my outsides, it just didn't even match the growth that sides no. have reflected. And, you know, one thing that I even hear a lot, like now, like two years into my my born again fitness journey or my fitversary or whatever you want to call it. Right. But two years, even post like that point in my life, you know, I hear people say all the time, like, Oh my gosh, like you're just glowing. You're just radiating. And I'm like, I truly feel like I truly feel growth like internally and externally simultaneously in this part of my life, you know? And even if like, I don't even feel like they're not aligned at this point. I feel like they're very much so cohesively growing together. Yeah. That's why when I make posts, whether it's about my locks that started two years ago, or whether it's about my, my fitness journey, or you know, whether it's about something that's going on spiritually, it, it's it's all still tied together. I'm all still growing within these things together, individually and together, you know? Yes. So it's 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 been a beautiful journey. I'm just so thankful. And since I look back, I'm like, wow, like it's all happening so fast. But journaling, you talked a lot about journaling. I'm not as consistent with journaling, but boy, when I journal, whew, we we get we get the things out. Okay. I try to do it at least two to three times a month. But you know, when I'm journaling, I'm able to look back. One of my favorite things lately has been, or actually in the past year or so, because a a therapist mentioned to me about going back and looking in my old journals and going back and looking at my journal and being like, wow, look at where I was. Yes. And even then, of course, like sometimes I was crying, writing these things. I was upset writing these things, but sometimes I'm laughing at them now. Right. And not even without any respect where I was, but like, wow, look at how far I've come that I can now this thing that was yes. eating me up inside or you know this thing that was really had me down look at where i am now look at how it all worked out you know yeah um, and even some things that are in there that didn't work out how i originally thought it's like look at what it turned into you know i'm i'm an optimist so i'm going to always see the the glass like the rosy colored glass right like you know just being able to appreciate where you are and i think that's part of like meditation things being very present just appreciating where you are today for sure 
Yes. Gosh, I love that so much. So definitely what I love here is taking the time to reflect back on where we were at a certain point in our lives. So this is really powerful. Why? Because a lot of us actually trigger our depression, our sadness, our, you know, frustrations, our anxieties by constantly trying to figure out where do I need to be? Why am I not there yet? Like a lot of depression and anxiety and and additional internal stress that we're causing ourselves is, but I should be making seven figures by now, but I should have 50,000 in the, why am I not at 50,000? This reminds me of a conversation I had with a client literally before we started this. And, and her, her entire mindset right now. So I got her out of that, but the entire mindset was around being so depressed and so frustrated with the fact that get this, she's lost. She's only lost 13 inches overall. Like we added up all the inches in five weeks. That's phenomenal. That's what I said. (laughs) You know, we should be stuck in our own heads. What did I make her do? All right. I need you right now to have a moment of reflection. Where were you five? Five weeks ago, I want you to send me an entire list. How much water were you drinking? How often were you eating fast food? How often were you binging on sweets? How little steps were you taking? Mm -hmm. She wasn't working out. I made her list the entire thing of where she was at five weeks ago. And I was like, exactly. Every five weeks, you're going to be going back. And you're going to go through the list every single time of that's how I was living five weeks ago. And that's going to remind you and put you back in a state of gratitude in the present, which is, damn, I've lost 13 inches overall in five weeks. I've completely dramatically changed my entire lifestyle in five weeks. And then we, it, it changes the entire, the, the whole dynamics of how we're feeling, right? And I think that's why journaling is really powerful too, because then we have the logs, the things that we've written, and we can go back to that time. And then it's too recently where I'm like, damn, and I have the nerve sometimes to complain about where I'm at. Like, do you read this? Wow, I was struggling. Like, you wouldn't find me writing this now. My life is amazing. And it puts you back in that state of empowerment and of in the present moment. Because gratitude is in the present moment. Gratitude always brings you back to right now, right here. But we're so stuck in the future. We're so stuck on what have I not reached yet? What have I not done yet? You know, who have I not met yet? What academic mm-hmm. achievement have I not hit yet? Constantly mm-hmm. like this future crap. And it's really not good for our mental health. So I'm glad to I also love to say, you know, even when you have hit those things, it's sometimes those, you know, those, those voices of doubt or those voices of fear, they still come. Right. Of course. But what I like to say now is that, you know, I just talk back to me. Right. And it's, it's similar to that self-talk I talked about a few years ago, but I feel like it's evolved a little bit. Like I got a little bite that talk back now, right? Like when I hear those things come up, like, oh my gosh, my body's not where I want it to be. Girl, please. Like, <laughs> and this is all me to me, right? Like, of course, please. Like, look, look at you. You are fine. Do you see how healthy you are? Do you see how you're growing? Do you see how you're thriving? Do you see where you were? Look at those pictures you were. Do you see that? Do you see how far you've come? Stop playing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because it has to sound like you. To you. Because even because even when, you know, and I, and I think community is also really important, right? How our p- community pours into us. You have to be able to do that for yourself too, because at the end of the day, like 
when all those voices go silent, you got to be able to talk back to that girl, you know, that your girl in you. And it's also really important in your fitness journey. I was talking to one of my friends who was inspired by like my 90 day journey and different things like that. And she went on one herself a little over a year ago. And when she was saying, she was like, girl, I just get so frustrated because I'm working out every day. I'm doing everything I need to do. And I'm just not, I'm not seeing the results. And I said, girl, you got to love on that body today because guess what? You're not going to magically learn to love it tomorrow. Right. When you you lose the weight, because it's coming, right? It's coming. So you're not going to wake up and be like, oh my goodness, I've lost this amount of weight. I love myself now. No, you're going to always have something to say. You're going to always criticize it. You're going to always be leaping on it. So like love on this, love on this, this, this spectacle, what you got today, love up on it, love it up and down. Because guess what? You're going to love it today. You're going to love it to where you're going and keep pouring into it. And it's going to love you back. Right. Absolutely. That's why, that's why, you know, I said that like in my coaching, mindset coaching is at the forefront of everything. It really I don't is. care what diet you do follow. I don't care what workouts you do. It's never going to be sustainable until the mindset is programmed for success long-term. I got to fly here. But yeah, so this is really important. What I have realized too, though, is that what is it? I must smell really good or something. But what I realized, what I realized too, for those who are listening to the podcast, I'm over here like just trying to get rid of this fly that's all in my face. But (laughs) what I have realized along this journey too is that all of us are not actually fully aware or in some sense capable of doing this on our own. So this is something that I've learned. All right. So we were all born and I have an entire training on this in my mindset coaching program. Mm. But we, I call it the, the inner cheerleader. Okay. Everyone has been born with an inner cheerleader. I've never, have you ever seen a child who's not positive and who's not like super ecstatic about everything and who thinks that they can be whatever the hell they want to be? I'm going to be a fireman. No, I'm going to be the president. And then they say all kinds of things. They have so much belief and confidence in themselves. I've never seen really a child that like truthfully speaks down on themselves. Doesn't exist. Exactly. We're all born with a natural inner cheerleader within us. What happens is that over the course of our lives, we experience trauma, losses. We start developing these wounds. Things happen to us. COVID, you lost a job and you thought you were never going to be unemployed. Like whatever it is, like somebody cheated on you and you never thought you'd be that, that person that's on that receiving end of infidelity, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe, you, maybe you've experienced domestic violence. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe you became a single parent and you never thought mm-hmm. that you'd ever be divorced. That was definitely my story. All these things. And what it does over the course of our lives is it dims and silences the inner cheerleader a little bit more every single time. Mm-hmm. What really got me, what really helped me so much on my healing journey coming out of my severe depression and anxiety that completely broke me, like to, there was nothing left there. Right. It was recognizing that my entire mental dialogue, my internal dialogue was surround. It was around suppressing the inner cheerleader. Mm -hmm. Basically, you don't have a voice anymore. The only voice that is predominant in my head is I'm not good enough. No one needs me. I don't have anything to bring to the table. No one would even care. I'm not this or I'm too skinny or I'm too fat or I'm too unhealthy. I'm too unproductive. I should be making more money. I got all these degrees under my belt. I am, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. And I think that 
the strength in my personality and yours too, from the resilience that we have, we started to recognize this is actually the main problem. Mm -hmm. So the main problem now, the main solution now is how do I reprogram? How do I rewire? How do I transform all of these thoughts? How do I bring this cheerleader back out? Because I need to give her her mic back, her pom-poms. This girl needs to live. That took years of work for me and therapy, by the way. Yeah. And, and one of my therapists, she had like a great visual. I'm all about visuals. But she said every time that that person, so we call, like, I call her, I call her like the negative bitch that lives inside of us, right? Because mm-hmm. we all have her, but whatever people call it, negative Nancy, whatever. When she comes back out, she was telling me, you literally put up a, like a stop sign. You say, stop. We're not doing this right now. Mm-hmm. And this therapist really had me walking around town and in my car, whenever like the bitch would come out and trying to make me believe something shitty about myself. And I really was practicing this. I was like, I don't give a fuck what the world thinks at this point. And I'll be like, stop. We're not doing this right now. She literally, that was my homework. Like make, like make your own craft stop sign and you're going to pull that thing out. And I did this. That's what I'm so talking about. <laughs> and people now are like, you're so positive. You're such a natural source of motivation. You see the beauty in everything. You always see the silver lining every time I talk to you. And I'm like, but baby, you ain't seen me when I was walking around with that stop sign. Okay. <laughs> so much daily freaking work to reprogram and rewire myself. Mm-hmm. But what I see in so many women and so many of my clients is a lot of times they don't even identify that, first of all. Mm-hmm. They don't even know how they've really programmed themselves. So I pick up on it in every conversation. I'm like, oh, 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 there we go. Oh, there we go again. You did that thing again. Mm-hmm. And, and then and then it raises their awareness. People can't fix things that they haven't identified are problems. Right. So in coaching, so many of my clients are like, I'm learning things about myself that I didn't even know I was doing. I didn't even know that those were hurdles, that those were obstacles because I never thought it had anything to do with weight loss, fitness or anything. And I'm like, it has everything to do with it. Right. And so, and then the next phase is obviously, how do you transform this? How do you continuously stay consistent with growing your inner cheerleader? And you constantly give her more confidence, give it back to her, give her more space. Right. And everyone has the inner bitch, but the inner bitch in me, and it sounds like in you, she's pretty small. Every time, every now, she's really small. Like she used to be humongous. <laughs> right. Look her off the shoulder real quick. <laughs> yeah. Shut her and down. So, <laughs> right. Absolutely. And so I think that what's important here for the listeners and the people that tuned in is number one, it's, it's, it's normal to have negative beliefs about yourself or negative beliefs about your environment, the world, things like that. It's normal to have the, va- the voice of doubt within you. But there is definitely hope. And one of the biggest things is identifying it. It's what we just described. She, you recognize when it happens and then you tell, oh, no, you have a nice day because we ain't doing all that today. Me, it was my stop sign. Mm-hmm. I still say stop. Like I still do. I don't pull out the stop sign anymore. But sometimes I'm like, girl, if you don't shut the fuck up, uh-huh. I'm going to do great things that I ain't got. I don't need your permission. All right. I go to places, I do things. And then she's like, yeah, but what if no, like what you said about the, the virtual retreat, you're like, what if no one signs, what if, like, what if no one comes on? What if no one signs up? What if people don't like my flyer? What if, what if, and then you still showed up and it's like, so what? And 
the more we do this and the more we build this attitude, I don't think that we're necessarily like this and wired like that because life keeps happening to us. But the more we build up the resilience, the more we talk to ourselves and allow the space for the inner children to come out and live freely, right? The, the more we start to build up the confidence and set boundaries and identify non-negotiables and pour back into our own cups, right? Mm-hmm. Because the more, the more that, that inner cheerleader is within me, it's like, yeah, I got, yeah, I need, yeah, I need an hour for myself. So what? Y'all got a problem with that? Nope. Okay. I'm doing it. Right? So it's all connected. It's, a, it's like that full circle. But the, part of the work that you do that I think is very important, which aligns obviously with some of what I do, is teaching people how to identify this and then what are things you can do to change this so that you get to the point where it's like, I know that there's a voice of doubt within me, but she doesn't really have much space. Right. Right. So I, I think that that's incredibly powerful. You said so many things that, you know, we could be here all day and that we could revisit and rehash. But I do want to talk about, you just hit your two-year fitversary. That's what you called it, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Two years of consistency. No, this is what I want to quickly talk about. So you recognize the internal work that you did. And then you looked on the outside and you were like, this is not really matching. Mm -hmm. And like you said it, you told your friends and you say this, it's like, the, we're not going to mix and match. Mm-hmm. Like we need alignment, alignment on the outside, alignment on the inside, right? Absolutely. And for you, it started with the internal work. And then you said, we got to go ahead and bring, we got to level up the external and make sure that they're in alignment. One thing I've learned and realized and recognized in people is that sometimes it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was more so the other way around, mm-hmm. Right. It's interesting, but it really resonated with me because I, I've heard that a lot from women, especially if it's like trauma that they healed from. They've done a lot of therapy over the years, a lot of soul searching and things like that. And then they start to look at their bodies and they're like, well, now I've done all this work up here. Mm-hmm. Now there's a space for me to go and, and work on the outside. So I wanted to, to point that out because I think that's very powerful mm-hmm. and for, for anyone who is tuning in and listening, there is no right or wrong order. Yeah. So for example, if you know that you haven't healed a lot of your trauma, if you know that you, you haven't worked on your resilience levels or you haven't really found that inner peace that you're longing for, whatever it is on the internal, right? The mind and the soul, that doesn't mean that you should not continue working on the external because along the way, most likely, you're going to start to connect the dots yeah. and it's, yeah. And it's going to start to pull you over to, Hey, I got to work on some internal stuff over here. So I, I really love that. And I wanted to point that out, but yeah. So tell us a little bit about your journey, these two years of consistency. Yes. Well, that, that 90 days has turned into two years. And even with these two years, there was a, so last fall I did injure my knee. I sprained my knee. Not in the gym, y'all. Sit on the couch. Girl. What? Girl. <laughs> girl. <laughs> I, and that morning, I did the heaviest hip thrust I'd ever done to that point. And just to sprain my knee on the couch, sitting down, child. Anyway, but, it, you know, I think if I can compare year one to year two, year one was honestly 
just proving to myself over and over again that I could be consistent. I could be disciplined. I could have this life that I dreamt for myself, like wanting to be consistent in this way, be consistent with my body, be consistent and healthy towards a healthy lifestyle. Like it was just proving that I could do it for myself. So when I hit year one, like it was just like, I made it. And really it was only supposed to be 90 days or I didn't even really know where 90 days would take me. I think even then I'm like, well, maybe I'll drop it down to like five days, but no, I kept it going. And even through job transitions, even through, you know, life transitions, I still maintained it. But year two was really, really special for a few different reasons because I realized my strength in year two. I hit a lot of milestones. I, I lost I hit the 50 pound mark in year two as well. Yes. And I hit the 45 pound mark. Um, and I did, I hit, I hit the 45 pound mark without having a trainer. And then I got a trainer after that and then hit the 50 pound mark too. But what's crazy is also I injured, I injured my knee and I had to take, well, not had to take, I, I was on crutches. <laughs> so I, I took about two, actually, I took about a month out of the gym. But I took about two weeks not being active at all. And when I tell y'all, I pushed myself to kind of not necessarily like get off my crutches, but I pushed myself to try to like, I was doing knees, knee exercises and stuff at home to kind of get to a point where I could just move comfortably because not being able to move intentionally was putting me like in a state of depression, right? Yeah. Or being off of my routine. And, and even though like, I knew I was like, I know it's not going to last forever. I know it's going to heal. You know, it's, it's hard to get yourself out of that funk when you're in. Right. Yeah. Um, but one thing I was like, okay, well, I can move a little bit more now. I'm walking a little bit better, kind of not using my crutches as much. Let me get back to, you know, something simple like yoga. Right. So like I was, I started after about two weeks, I started doing yoga for a couple of weeks and then I started to feel comfortable. Then I started doing Pilates. I mixed Pilates in there. Then I go back and forth between yoga and Pilates until I felt comfortable enough where I was walking again and it was stable enough for me to be clear to go back to the gym and work out again. But one thing that was actually really beautiful about that time is that even with the injured knee, like being able to flow through yoga and you think like, yeah, yoga. You're you're moving your body. You're stretching your body, right? Like, how can you do that with a, a injury? But like, I realized that you know, God didn't just give me a knee. He gave me arms. He gave me feet. You know, I got. I have all these this other parts of my body that I can hold myself up with. One side can, you know, the other. I realized how strong I was, and that that time was just so powerful because like. You know, we'll we'll put our own limitations on ourselves on what we can and what we can't do. But to be honest, we have so many other tools, so many other things around us that are there to support us. This one thing doesn't define us. It doesn't stop us from getting to where we need to go or even being able to do the things that we need to do. And so when I find myself, when I find myself, you know, getting fearful or you know, all types of things. I try to go back to those moments because that was just a really powerful moment for me. And also in this year's journey, but it's, it's been beautiful. It's been beautiful. I'm so thankful to get to this point. I'm thankful to continue it. I mean, I have a, a, so far for our challenge, we have about eight people signed up. So I'm excited. The winner will get at the end of the 90 day challenge. Hopefully someone who hits the 90 day mark or as close to the 90 day mark as possible. They'll get two free tickets to the inner peace retreat. 
They'll get a Solex. It's a float spa in D.C. You should have invited me to this challenge because I definitely will be getting that ticket. Sis, you can That's sign fine. up. You can sign I'm, up, okay? I'm signing up because I'm getting the ticket. Because honey, I went to the float spa back in January. I love that thing, girl. I love it. Okay, it's so yeah. good. I, for people who work out a lot, it's like a big Epsom salt bath. Like you should definitely yeah. find one in your area if you don't have one. And then also a fifty dollars Amazon gift card. So yeah, that that was my journey for year two, and I'm just excited to see what year three will bring. I have no expectations. I don't even really have any concrete fitness goals right now outside of maintenance. And then I got like. I want to hit like 21 flat percent body fat. I'm at like 21.8, but I'm not like stressing myself. I'll get there, you know, eventually or, you know, or maintain what I have. But at the end of the day, I'm just very, very thankful of where I am and how far I've come. And also, you know, I talked about how I talked about how in my why for why I continue this fitness journey, right, is breaking generational curses, you know. I talked about how my mom got me a trainer in eighth grade and how, you know, diabetes and blood pressure was always something that she was so worried about. Always she was she was stressing for me to eat right. Right. And to do all these things, even if, you know, she wasn't able to do it fully for herself all the way sometimes. Right. Like she always put the emphasis on me. Right. To like be healthy, work out. My mom didn't really like to work out too much. She would, we can go for a walk around the neighborhood, but working out was not her thing. Okay. But even with me, like taking me to the gym, getting me acclimated to working out young and stuff like that, I think that's still those things I think are the foundation that's setting me today as an adult that allow that loves working out. I don't have a fear of the gym, right? Or I don't, you know, you know, do all these different things. I really do enjoy that process. I really do enjoy eating healthy because guess what? At one point, my mom got rid of all the bad stuff in the house and put all the healthy stuff in the house, right? So I think that it's really, really important that one, like, you know, I recognize this shift within me, but then also realizing how this is like breaking generational curses for generations to come in my yep. family as well. Exactly. Yeah. Literally changing the DNA. Yeah. Really powerful. So first of all, congratulations for hitting that two-year fitversary, for hitting that two-year mark of like fitness literally being a part of your everyday life, right? Mm-hmm. Then I'm glad that you're celebrating it because I think that some people would like really easily just like keep on going with their days, like we talked about, right? And not pause and be like, well, two years ago, like this wasn't normal for me. Absolutely. Right. So back to sitting with the things that we're accomplishing, the milestones that we're hitting and just soaking, soaking in that gratitude. So I'm incredibly proud of you, even though I obviously haven't known you that long. But but either way, like it's 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 a phenomenal story of resilience, of consistency, you know, of commitment, of boundary setting and respecting, mm-hmm. of overcoming, you know, of allowing your inner cheerleader to come back to life and, and take up all the space she can possibly take. Like all those things that I'm always teaching. So I love to see it like in you uh, mm-hmm. flourishing and thriving. So it's beautiful. Two things that I really want to highlight in what you said. So you also demonstrated incredible resilience when you ha- hit your first injury. I said, I said first injury. Why did I do that? Because there will be more. <laughs> there will be more. So this is absolutely not me being like, you know, peeing on your beret type thing. Or, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. Let me prepare her. Let me prepare her while she's here. <laughs> so 
like I've been, you know, in the fitness game as a professional for a decade, but in the fitness, in the fitness game, it's been a lot longer than that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that there comes a point where it's just normal. It's like, ah, another injury. Yes. But here's the good news. (laughs) Oh, goodness. A lot of these, a lot of the injuries that we, that happen or encounter over our fitness journey, they're usually not, not like severe where you end up on crutches. Like typically it's not really that. But people are very frequently pulling a muscle here, pulling a muscle there, you know, twisting an ankle and they can't run for a week. Like this is normal. It's part of it. So it's fitness has so many amazing benefits. But the reality is that this is a machine. Mm -hmm. And so we're using it, we're using it, we're using it, we're using it. And then while we reap amazing benefits mentally, emotionally, physically, health wise, there's also wear and tear that happens over time. And then sometimes overuse, it leads to something breaking down. So then we have an injury. And I wanted to highlight this because for those of us who become like very consistent with our movement, like making it a practice, a daily practice. And I want to stress here that it's not necessarily going to the gym and it's I'm following a regimented exercise plan. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about for those of us who have gotten to the point where we're committing to movement Mm-hmm. on this journey, journey consistently, whatever that looks like. Cause I work out at home. I don't even work out at the gym anymore. Mm-hmm. And, but it takes a toll on you when all of a sudden it's like, pound. you can't do that no more. Go sit down somewhere. Yeah. Have fun. And it's like, but I had other plans. <laughs> I was supposed to be at the gym. Like, <laughs> yeah. I literally had, it was a few days before I mentioned that Inner Success Movement, we were semifinalists for Black Ambition Prize. It's the accelerator program and business incubator founded by Pharrell Williams. We literally, the conference for that was a few days after I injured my knee. I was, I had to go to that conference on crutches. (laughs) You definitely didn't plan that. (laughs) Did not plan that. Okay. At all. (laughs) But Back to the conversation earlier about how, but that's life. Life is always going to be throwing curveballs and hitting you left and right. And then what do you do? Because the answer is not, I throw everything away and I throw my hands in the air and oh, why me? And why does that? Oh, my knee. No, you know what you do? You take a couple of steps back, you reevaluate, you get pissed for a little bit, you embrace the emotions because they're there. And then you come out with creative solutions. Mm-hmm. I literally just did a, an entire presentation earlier today for corporate women in my area at their place of employment. And the presentation was around fitness and wellness when we were living a sedentary lifestyle as women. And the entire presentation was me basically breaking down the whole concept of creative solutions over creative excuses. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's like, that's my thing. I probably need to like trademark it, but <laughs> yes. As you said. Yeah. And so you demonstrated that. Because eventually you got over your pissed offness and your, this is making me depressed. Mm-hmm. You felt depressed, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Eventually you got over it and you were like, let me try yoga. Right? That's You're it. Creative solutions. Because you can always come up with all kinds of excuses. You mm-hmm. could have been like, oh, okay, well, that's it. I've been doing, I've been going strong for a minute. But then this happened. Now my knee's all jacked up. I'm on crutches. I can't exercise. Or God gave me all these other parts that are actually intact or not injured. What can I do with all of this? Mm-hmm. 
And that right there, I think is going to be very inspirational and motivational to somebody listening to this today. And I went through that same, that same period or a very similar phase. But for me, it happened actually at the end of last year. So I have many injuries, tons of injuries. Mm-hmm. And I have some that, a lot that were like mild and then some moderate. And then I've had one really major one, rotator cuff. And my mm-hmm. second major one, lower back from deadlifting. Mm-hmm. And I ignored that injury for so many years. I just kept going. And then it got worse and worse and worse. And then it got to a point where I couldn't run anymore. And I was like, fuck, since COVID, I've been running. Now you take that away from me too. Mm-hmm. Then it was like, I can't do box jumps anymore because then you can't walk the next day. Mm, guess I can't be doing that. And it was just one thing after the next. And I felt like literally is one, we take one thing away. We take another, we take another, we take another. I felt like I was being robbed. Mm-hmm. And I ended up in that moment where it was so bad. It was like chronic pain every single day. I couldn't even walk right. Nothing like, and I ended up in this moment of briefly victimization. Why me? This has been my entire life. Why would you take that away from me? Why would I end up with a back injury? Yeah, yeah. I can't even do what I need to do. All that crap, right? And then I snapped out of it and I was like, this is ridiculous. You cannot turn into that person. Like, mm-hmm. you cannot. Mm-hmm. And I was, and I started to evaluate it from a different angle and I was like, what could this teach me? What did it teach me? Get out your fucking comfort zone and learn how to train your body differently. Mm-hmm. This was such an eye-opening lesson. And I keep thanking God for the opportunity that my back got jacked up. Like, which is crazy to say. I got injections in my back and everything, MRIs and all that. Eventually, I'm like, this is great. I'm so glad this happened to me. Because I faced the situation eventually and I said, not exercising is not a reality that I'm willing to accept or embrace. Right. Not training my body, not happening. And so instead, maybe I need to learn how to handle exercise differently. Do things that I never really did before, right? Mm -hmm. Because I love hardcore lifting weights. That's my thing. Mm -hmm. Why do I try to do something different with my body? And it introduced me to water aerobics, right? Mm-hmm. To long walks. And I was not a walker because I, either I'm a run, like I'm running, mm-hmm. right? Or I'm going to be like doing boot camp and cra- crazy stuff. I can't do any of that. So then I was just walking. And I'm like, this is actually really great. And then doing, I knew yoga, but I wasn't really like a fan. But then getting back into yoga more and more like Pilates based and then doing a whole lot of training with resistance bands. I was never like into the resistance bands because I'm like, nah, where's the bar? Where's the weight? Let's go. And now it's like, pass me the band. And now I'm doing all kinds of other creative the band things. band is fun, okay? You got to lean into that girl. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's the entire process of, I had to come to terms with, this is what's happening. You can't do nothing about it. The quicker you embrace it, you know, the quicker you'll be able to go into a creative solution mode. And that's exactly it for all of us, no matter where we are in this journey, no matter what our goals are, we all are going to face some type of limitation, whether it's a mental one or it's a physical one. We got to acknowledge it. We got to identify it. We got to take it for what it is. And then we got to go into creative solutions mode. And that's what I did. So now I've been training my body differently. Mm -hmm. And by the grace of God, I actually have been healing my back 
because I've been using different modalities and different approaches to fitness. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even expect that I was going to be able to have days without pain. And now I'm having days without pain. Wow. Yeah. I haven't taught a Zumba class or took a Zumba class like since COVID, since everything shut down, I stopped teaching. Mm-hmm. And, you know, during these last couple of years, my back was hurting so much that I was like, well, I'm never probably going to take a Zumba class again. And literally in the last two weeks, I went back to Zumba just to test it out. I was like, let's see how limited I am. I can always leave, you know, right. not, like doomed to stay. <laughs> I, was like, I got this. Like, I'm good. I got this. And then I went back the following week. And then guess what? And then a, a whole class landed in my lap. So now I'm back to teaching Zumba. <laughs> but, yeah, like, it was meant to be like, that was God too. God was like, okay, let me, oh, let me I'm just going to have to. Oh, so good. That's yeah. so good. I'm so I'm proud of you. Test out Zumba and just see how she feels. And she's going to realize that she feels good. Then she's going to go back to teaching because that's really what I wanted her to do is I want her to go back to teaching. So I'm starting back teaching Zumba, which is my first love. But all this to say is if we're always going, if we're always taking every single opportunity to come up with our creative solutions versus our creative excuses, which is actually what most people do, then everything is an opportunity. Everything is an opportunity. And so, so I love that with the knee and to anybody listening, if you have back issues, knee, hip, injuries, whatever. I have clients in wheelchairs, by the way. So the limitations don't have to limit you from reaching your goals or being fit, active, et cetera. It's more so we just have to come up with a creative solution to figure out what we can do with the parts of our bodies that are not limited or not affected by that. So absolutely. Yes. I thought that was really dope. I love that. There was something else that you said that I wanted to bring back up and look at me. I forgot. So (laughs) You ain't write it down. And you know, I didn't write it. I didn't write it down. You know why? Because I ran out of space. I wrote down so many things. Dang, I'm mad at myself. It'll come <laughs> back one day. But yeah, so so I'm so grateful. And, and thank you so much for everything that you've shared. I have full confidence that this discussion and this conversation is going to inspire people out here yeah. to, yes, to either, you know, focus more on going within and seeking back that inner peace and working maybe on that resilience, whatever the losses are, whatever the trauma, whatever the wounds are, but going back within, spending more time internally, right? That journey to inner peace. I think that I think that is really going to, I know it's going to inspire. Well, why am I saying I think? I know it's going to inspire people is that no matter what it is that you're facing, no matter what it is that is happening to you, right? It's accepted, acknowledge, embrace it, but go into, hmm, how can I get creative with solving? How can I get creative with finding things that I can do? Whether it's loss of income, loss of a job, your story of being unemployed and saying, hmm, I got, I've been sitting here for four months. I'm about to use this time e- effectively. Mm-hmm. I'm not finding a job. But how about I go to bed earlier, wake up, go to bed earlier, wake up earlier, start doing something to feed my mental health and my physical health differently. Opportunities. Mm -hmm. So for those of you who are tuning in and are listening, everything that is happening to you is an opportunity, right? Um, That's one of the big messages here. Okay. And I found what what I was going to say. And that is inspiration because most of my my clients are predominantly Mm African-American. Breaking the generational curses. Mm. I was going to bring it up because at the beginning, you talked about how firm your mom was about getting you that trainer, 
pushing you to drop that weight when you were in high school, how she was obviously really making an effort to probably prevent you from having some of the problems that either she was dealing with or that she saw growing up others dealing with, right? That's yeah. kind of what we do as parents is like, I recognize all these issues. I can't give that to y'all, right? And so your mom, she did, she did a great job with that because she kind of set you up for success. Even if it wasn't on and off cycle, clearly it stuck with you in some way because you full circle came back to it. So, you know, especially as women of color, because we're usually the ones that are running the kitchen and, and then the groceries. And like, we, we have that influence, that impact teaching our kids and everybody else, but we have to break the general, the generational curses now. Yes. We have to. And back to like the inner peace and the relationship with God. I think that it's also a good conversation around strengthening our relationship with God by breaking those generational curses and taking better care of ourselves and our communities and passing on something different, mm -hmm. right? It's like honoring, honoring in that place of faith, in that place of, you know, self-love and, and love for, for God mm -hmm. and these bodies that we've been blessed with and, and given the opportunity to live in. It's like, now that we know more, because also a lot, of, a lot of our elders didn't have the knowledge that we have now. It's yeah. like, all right, we don't have to continue living like that. We don't have to continue eating like that. We don't have to continue passing down diabetes, mm -hmm. right? So what can I do in this life to stop that so that it doesn't continue to get passed down? So I thought that that was really powerful. I appreciate the fact that you related it back to, you know, what your mom taught you and what your mom was trying to do right? In that parenting part, because again, it's like shining light on our responsibility now, mm, right? Absolutely. We, we have a responsibility. So even when you don't have children, you don't have children yet. I'm sure you'll have children one day, but that you break in a generational curse, you know, it's also like teaching the people around you something differently and inspiring the people around you too. It's not just, okay, well, my kids need to learn differently. I think it's just as a community, we can rub off on one another, you know, and understand that we don't have to continue living like that. I come from a family where everyone has diabetes. So I'm, I'm very high risk, high cholesterol, stroke, heart disease, the typical African-American like DNA. And I'm very much determined to change that DNA. Yes. Yeah. So I love that. So that's the other thing here is like the conversation around understand your responsibility when it comes to breaking that generational curse because now we know better. So we need to do better. Right. So very inspirational. I don't even know what I'm ultimately going to title all of this <laughs> because it was so amazing. Like body, mind, soul. I see why the devil tried to interfere. Yeah. I, I, I see why he was acting up. I see. <laughs> this is why we were having technical problems. I get it. <laughs> it makes sense. But Kirsten, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for taking the time out to be here to yeah to to share your message with the world and and talk about your own pain, your your suffering, your own brokenness, and what it led to in you founding you know the Inner Success Movement. And then the beautiful work that you're doing out here. So I'm sure that we're going to partner up and do other things. I see it in the future and just continue doing that, continue shining your light and teaching 
teaching people how to become more empowered from within and how to, you know, build up their inner, their inner cheerleader. I mean, that's what I call it, but you know, other people refer to that as something else, but. Right. Absolutely. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for all of that. For the people listening and tuning in, you'll have all of the contact information. I'm going to be sharing that as well, because if you are in the DC area or you're close, actually a lot of my clients are in the DC area. So I want to make sure that I'm sharing all of that information. Also for anyone who has been longing for a community where there isn't that pressure to fit into one specific category or box when it comes to your faith and your religion, right? If you are feeling like a lost wanderer, it's like, oh my God, I've left the traditional church and things like that, but, but I still feel very much connected. I wish I could find a space where others are receptive of that. Boom. There you go. You found your, you found your place. You found your person. You found your community. Absolutely. Uh, and I definitely have to make, sh- make sure that I'm joining too. And then I'm, then I'm following some of those events as well. Cause I would love to, but so all that information will be out there so that you can join, you can follow on Instagram. Um, you can message her. If you have questions, you can attend the next event in September in DC. All of that. I will make sure to share it. Okay. Yes. Thank yeah. you so much, Anna. I'm true. This has been a treat girl. This probably was the highlight of my whole week. (laughs) So thank you so much for having me. It's truly, truly been a joy to be here. So thank you. You are so welcome. Thank you so much. And thank you for everybody for supporting the podcast and always, as always, tuning in every single week. Thank you for the followers, the supporters, the friends on Facebook who are always showing love. Thank you for all the comments and all of it. And share, share, share as much of it as possible because we need to keep this conversation going. And as always, make sure that you keep a smile on your face, that you spread love and positivity to those around you. And above all, remember that you deserve to live in the body of your dreams. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Women Winning at Weight Loss podcast. If you found today's episode valuable, make sure to share it with other women in your life and head over to Facebook to join the Women Winning at Weight Loss community. We'll see you there.